0: Welcome to Island Ghost Radio. I'm Mike Taylor. I'm Diane
1: Constell. And I'm Erica Pabino.
0: And tonight, joining us from our group, Island Ghost Investigations, it's Lou Torres. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, and Lou is joining us tonight because our guest is a ufologist. And Lou, you're into ufology, aren't you? Yes, I am. Give us a little background. How did you get into Ufology. Well, it started back
1: when I was a kid. I first saw Star Wars, and that got me interested in outer space. And then as a teenager, me and my friend Mike witnessed um, strange objects flying around in the sky. And I've been into it ever since.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Well, like I said, we have a ufologist coming on. We are a show about ghosts primarily, but we're going to take a left turn into the ufo zone who is our guest tonight erica dr david
1: michael jacobs
0: yes and he will be joining us shortly but first 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 we have the results of our poll (laughs) and the poll question was Have aliens been abducting and or contacting humans here on Earth? So let's get to the results of that right now. Diane and Erica, why don't you read the choices that people could choose from on this poll?
2: Well, we'll start off with the first answer was no,
1: I don't believe in aliens.
2: The second choice was
1: no, but I believe alien life exists on other planets.
2: The third one was, I believe aliens have visited Earth, but I do not believe they have contacted us.
1: The fourth choice was, yes, I believe aliens have been abducting and or contacting us. And finally,
2: yes, they are abducting us. I also believe alien species are living among us here
1: on
0: Earth. All right. And let's get to those poll results now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, He just loves that.
0: Ah, yes. All right. So... We're going to go from the least voted to the top, coming in at 4%. 4% of the people that voted said, no, I do not believe in aliens. Coming in at number two, people wrote, no, they don't believe aliens have been abducting or contacting humans, but they believe alien life exists on other planets, and that's 11%. 11% of the people voted said that.
2: That's very interesting.
0: Number three. I believe aliens have visited Earth, but I do not believe they have contacted us. And that got 13%. And for the first time in Island Ghost Radio Poll history, we have a tie.
1: Are you sure? Did you double-check the results?
0: I double-checked the results.
1: No hanging Chad. That is amazing, because I didn't think that so many people would think that they're living here on the
0: Earth. Well, let's get to the two winning answers. I think I work with a few of them. At 36%, yes, I believe aliens have been abducting and or contacting us. And also at 36%, we have, yes, they are abducting us. And I also believe alien species are living among us here here on earth
1: wait did they think we meant aliens as an immigrants did did i make that clear enough i think they got it (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: we mean extraterrestrials
1: extraterrestrials that's hard to say
0: yes i know
2: so if you add that together it's like over 70 percent that people do believe but you have to understand the people that listen to our show they're skewed to that
0: so Let's get to our opinions on this subject. Uh, Lou, do you, you want to start us out since you're the guest co-host tonight? Sure. I do
1: believe that the Earth has been visited for actually hundreds of years. Um, I do also believe that we do have alien species living amongst us. I can uh, actually say that it is a very strong belief in me.
0: Okay, that's very interesting. That's a pretty radical view. Yes, it is. Diane, what do you have to say on this?
2: Actually, none of these questions really fit what I believe. I believe in alien life. I believe they visited Earth. I also believe they've contacted us. But I'm not 100% sure about the abductions. I mean, it's possible, but I'm not 100% sure
0: on that. Okay. Erica, what do you think?
1: I think I I think I don't know, actually.
0: You think we should? I really have no idea. You think we should have put it, and I don't know, in this poll. Uh,
1: no, I I I can't say for sure, but yeah, if I was gonna guess, I would say that there are aliens and they're abducting us and they're contacting humans. As far as living here, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I guess it's possible.
0: Okay, uh, I'm probably with you. I don't know how I would vote on this. I definitely would not vote. I do not believe in aliens. I think that's just ridiculous. I think that's crazy no offense to the four percent that voted for that but i mean there are billions of stars out there and one of those stars has to have a planet that's yeah. the right distance from their sun even if there's just bacteria it's still alien life right so but are they living among us i know i don't know it's possible i'm open to the possibility of it but Who knows? We'll have to talk to Dr. Jacobs and see what he has to say on the subject.
1: Yeah, actually, he he specializes in abductions.
0: All right. Why don't we go to a break and we come back. We'll have Dr. Jacobs. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm getting a Skype phone call now. Maybe that's him. Hello? Please hold for an important message. Oh, great.
3: Please hold for an important message. I was lucky. Hello? Yes. Oh, hi, may please speak to Larry? Is it having?
0: Yes, this is Larry.
3: Hi, Larry. This is Irene. your account manager at Discover Financial Services. Yes. I'm glad I got a hold of you. We thank you very much for your payment that we received on October 4th for $157. But it looks like you missed a payment on September 4th. Oh, I, I don't
0: plan on ever paying again. Never watch. No, I'm, a, was. I'm opposed. I'm, I'm starting my own uh, country.
3: <laughs> really? Yes. What are you going to name
0: it? Larritania. <laughs> and I will be the king. I will have a flag. And I'm going to yell at kids to get off my land if they come on.
3: So it's going to be just a country of one?
0: Uh, well, m- my dog, too. Oh, <laughs>
3: God, where is it going
0: to be? Just uh, in your home? In so, Texas? In Hallandale, Texas? Uh, somewhere around there. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's a secret, undisclosed location until we oh. build the country.
3: Oh. <laughs> so what's really going on?
0: Uh, that's the truth.
3: You're gonna start. So you're never gonna pay on this account again? No,
0: nope, never.
3: Oh. Well, let me share with you. I feel obligated to let you. Oh no, I, phone
0: can't. Phone no phone I can't. My to dog do needs and a then walk. Then,
3: then, you can
0: make that choice. no no my dog Are has to walk across texas the country
3: 21 in Hallettsville texas 779
0: oh no i i'm sorry i must end this call you're calling long distance don't you know this is another country you're calling
3: oh, well that's okay i don't mind picking up the charges
0: all right well i have to go because dr jacobs is coming on uh. all right well, you know. Uh, well, we no, no, no ma'am, you have a, a wonderful night and I uh, when we have airfare to my country, I hope you oh, come hello? and visit. Hello? Wait, who's this? Okay. Who is this? Who's on the line? This is Erica. Who's this? This is uh Larry from Tania.
3: Okay. Is there somebody else on the line? Yes, this Irene here from Discover Financial Services. Irene,
1: I have yes. a very important question for you before you start. Do you believe in aliens and UFOs?
3: Do I believe in aliens? Not. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. Why? Really? Larry's an alien? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he might be. I was going to say, you know, he's talking about starting his own country. So I mean, I don't know what to believe.
1: I, I think it's a I think it's a takeover or something. Do you believe in I, ghosts?
3: Maybe, yeah, maybe, you never uh, know.
1: Well, that's, that's smart, because you're on Island Ghost Radio, and <laughs> thanks for calling.
0: Yes, uh, la- this is not, Larry. I <laughs>
1: think?
0: <laughs> You've actually called the live radio show.
1: <laughs> oh, you're kidding.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, the no, you did The radio show?
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> thanks for calling, Irene. I think you must have the wrong number, though. Yes. Uh,
3: wait, wait, did, don't, don't, please, uh, we don't want this mistake again. Did I dial... 631 676 1079. That is the number. But you're not calling Texas. Texas? Uh, Yeah, you're calling uh, New York.
2: This is Long Island, New York.
3: Oh, girl, I I grew up on Long Island, New York. Really? I'm calling you from Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Oh, a part of Long Island.
3: Well, I went to St. John's University. I lived uh, – actually, I lived in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. But, nice. I mean, I used to party in Westbury and Farmingdale, all ah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Sorry, we just had to have a little fun with you because you called oh. into our radio show.
3: Well, you did, and I'm sure everybody is laughing their heads up. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's hilarious. I don't know how we got this phone number on an account in Texas. Right, I don't know. Okay? I Listen, I thought it was hilarious, too. And thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Bye, Irene.
3: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I called in for a radio station.
0: A radio?
3: Yes. <laughs> that works. I'm taking this number out. This is, yeah, and you know, I should have guessed six three one. My family has that. Yeah, it was a radio station. And he said, it, yeah, I do six three one. Isn't that? They were talking about Taney, and then Eric came on the phone, and I, yeah, I believe it. I took that number out. That's hysterical. He said he would never plant never paying this account, you know, and that's what he started with the he's starting his own country. Only for he and his dog.
0: Uh, she hung up.
3: <laughs> 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 <We gotta> put- <laughs> oh my god, it's hilarious.
0: Uh, we're about to call Doctor Jacobs and we get that, folks. <laughs> oh, that was that was too much. Couldn't right.
1: plan that one. Let's call the good doctor.
0: Poor Larry. <laughs> 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 He'll never have the credit now to start Larry Tania.
2: That was great.
0: Uh, that was funny. All right. Well, we're way over our intro time. Let's go to a break. And when we come back, we'll speak with Dr. Jacobs. You're listening to Island Ghost Radio.
2: Back from our reverse prank phone call.
0: Yes, uh, that was very interesting. (laughs) That was
2: funny. You couldn't have planned something like
1: that.
0: (laughs) Erica, who is our guest?
1: Tonight we have Dr. David Michael Jacobs. He's Associate Professor of History at Temple University in Philadelphia. Dr. Jacobs has been a UFO researcher for 45 years regarding the subject of UFOs and abductions. He has been a consultant to the major UFO organizations since 1977. He's offered the country's only regular curriculum university course on UFOs and abductions, called UFOs in American Society. Since the early 1980s, he's specialized in the UFO abduction phenomena. He has conducted nearly 1,000 hypnotic regressions with over 145 individuals. He's lectured widely on the subject both internationally and at colleges and universities across the United States. Dr. Jacobs' website is www.ufoabduction.com. His books are available through his website and from online booksellers.
0: Thank you for joining us, Dr. Jacobs.
1: Hello?
2: Hello? It sounds like aliens on I the phone. I think the aliens are
1: interfering with the interview. Wow. That's creepy. Hello? Dr. Jacobs?
4: Yes, can you hear me?
1: Oh, can I can hear you now. Uh, we we thought you were abducted by aliens. Oh,
4: uh, yeah, I, I should be so lucky. I... So, uh,
1: Lou and I saw you back in... Um, I think I believe it was in the winter uh, at the MUFON conference in Pennsylvania, and oh, yeah. we were very impressed. We thought your your lecture and your presentation were, were just awesome. When we just had to have you on the show.
0: Well, thank you kindly. So, Dr. Jacobs, how long have you been doing this, and what got you into this field?
4: Well, um, I've been studying uh, UFO. I started getting interested in UFOs in the mid 1960s, around 1965. And um, by nineteen sixty six I was pretty much entranced with the subject, uh, having read everything I get my hands on and um, uh, I was at a, an undergraduate at Ecla and then I went to graduate school at the University of Wisconsin. and at that point i I, uh, I started doing my regular you know coursework and and my masters I wrote my master's thesis and so forth and but all the while, I was sort of studying UFOs uh, as well, and, and became a field investigator for the Aerial Phenomena Researcher, and a member in all that, so, you know, member of ICAP and all that kind of stuff. And um, by 1971, uh, rather, I, uh, th- I was working on a dissertation on the image of women in uh, very, very early film history. Um, and uh, I did about six months worth of research on that, and then I decided that I really wanted to work in UFOs. So I I wound up changing my dissertation topic to the the controversy over unidentified flying objects in America. And uh, and in 1973, I uh, I got my PhD with that dissertation. So from um, and from '65 until the present day, uh, basically I've been I've been working on the subject now. I got interested in the abduction phenomenon, which is basically all I do these days. Um, mm-hmm. In 1982, uh, when I met Bud Hopkins, Hopkins um, sort of ensnared me into the web of abductions, of which I have not been able to get loose from uh, since then. And uh, and uh, the abduction phenomenon, as far as I'm concerned, is is the UFO phenomenon, and uh, they are one and the same. And if in order to understand what UFOs are, you must understand the abduction phenomenon, uh, and, and vice versa, I guess.
2: Right. Well, Doctor, I have an interesting question. Uh, what's your take on the theory that there are abduction stories in the Bible, referring to the flaming chariots and things like that, lifting people up to heaven? I find that very fascinating. <laughs>
4: Well, it's it's extremely easy to find similarities with certain aspects of abductions all the way through human history, but similarities are not equalities, mm-hmm. and one must be very 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 careful with that. Uh, just because you see something that that resembles something else doesn't mean they're one and the same, and um, of course people find, you know, all sorts of things in the Bible about UFOs and abductions and, and prophecies and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh all I can say is that um uh it's pretty tough to investigate, you know, back in the year one. And um Uh, We don't seem to, in in the serious uh, UFO and abduction community, um, this is sort of what's called ancient astronaut material. It it, it was never taken seriously by serious UFO researchers, and and with good reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, The evidence just isn't there. Well, Dr. stories are interesting.
2: Yeah, they're interesting.
0: Well, Dr. Jacobs... We have a ghost investigation group called Island Ghost Investigations. We're primarily uh, into the field of uh, spirit phenomena. But we take the approach from a very skeptical end. Uh, We consider ourselves open-minded skeptics. Uh, We do not believe every bump in the night is a ghost. And I don't necessarily know I even believe in ghosts. I've had a paranormal experience that I can't explain, and that's what got me into this field. Um, I was wondering how, what your approach to ufology is. Do you approach it from a very open mind or a skeptical view? Um, and also, what is your opinion on ghosts?
4: Well, uh, um, uh, the, you have two questions here. Yes. And the first <laughs> one is, um, do I approach the subject that I've been studying from a skeptical point of view? Well, in the beginning, I, in, there's been, it's a multi-layered question. There's skepticism about whether abductions exist at all, and I was a skeptic when I began. In other words, uh, I, I first met Bud Hopkins, actually, in 1981. We shook hands briefly at a conference where he was giving a paper on abductions, and I was uh, giving a paper on UFOs in some way or another, and... Uh, when he began his paper, um, I got up out of my seat, walked into the hallway with my friend Marcello Truzzi, who was a professor of sociology at Eastern Michigan University, and literally told jokes with Marcello in the hallway for an hour while Bud gave his paper on abductions. And the reason I did that is because I knew deep down in my heart of heart in my soul of souls in the inner reaches of my gray matter that the abduction phenomena was crap, that there was that there was nothing to the abduction matter whatsoever and in fact in order uh it was better for me to tell jokes than to listen to bud right that was my stance in 1981 that was the stance of most UFO researchers, because with the, with the UFOs, you can get photographs, you can get measurements, you can get uh, um, the priest, the minister, and the rabbi seeing it, uh, one throwing a rock at it as it sits on the ground, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we had tons of evidence, an overwhelming amount of evidence uh, um, uh, about the UFO phenomenon. Abductions primarily were uh, human memory retrieved through hypnosis and administered by amateurs. Uh, the evidence for that was unbelievably weak, and if you went into abduction research, it might hurt you as a UFO researcher. And so, although you know the Barney Betty Hill case I knew about was interesting, and there were a few other cases that were interesting, uh, my sense was um, uh, the word hoax loomed large in my mind. And uh, But by 82, when I, was, when I sort of met Hopkins again in a more structured situation, um, uh, he was able to show me that skepticism was, was fine, but there was, in fact, evidence that I was totally unaware of. And I became intrigued with that, and uh, then I began to do my own hypnosis of abductees in 1986. That was four years later. In other words, it took me four years to get to the point where I wanted to do hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, uh, I I did a session with a young woman who told me all sorts of very interesting things, sort of amazing, sort of astounding, sort of, oh, my goodness, and, and God, gee, gee whiz, golly, and all that. And I was very, very pleased with what she had said, and I was very happy, and I was thrilled and excited that I'd done a hypnosis with an abductee, and I called up Bud, who who is now a friend of mine, of course, and, and um, compared notes with him and this and that. And then I this is when you to, you
1: this is when you lost your recording, right?
4: Law managed to lose that recording. I I I I and and then I did another session with her on the same event a few months later, and then she told me things that were completely different than what she had told me, but almost completely different in the beginning, and so I learned that you needed to be skeptical about what people told you even in a controlled situation and I began to set into into effect a series of other controls that that uh, hopefully prevented me from making that same mistake again every session that I do I am skeptical about unless it fits a pattern that I've heard many many times and Hopefully, the person is not aware of, of what other people have said, but that can't be controlled necessarily. So you've got to remain skeptical. People say things that are not true all the time. They do it in hypnosis. They do it in controlled sessions. And, and it's, the, it's the bane of abduction research, and that is, rec- that is people who are doing hypnosis not recognizing confabulation when they hear it. Not recognizing false memories when I when they hear them, and assuming significance when there isn't, and overlooking significance when there is. Right. The second part of the question is, what is my take on ghosts? Well, I will tell you one thing that I, I'm not a ghost investigator. I do know that that after a uh, uh, hundred years of of looking at, at ghost evidence. Uh, from what I can tell, and once again, I'm I'm out of my element here, and and I'm certainly not not going to be uh, speaking as an expert in this area. But from what I can tell, we we don't. Know as a whole lot about ghosts. We don't know who goes haunting, a haunting. We don't know what they do in their downtime. We don't know uh, uh, why some people are subject to ghosts and others are not. Right. We don't know anything about. We don't know the inside story of ghosts.
0: Right. It's all theory.
4: It's it's all sighting.
0: Yeah. It's all people's experiences, and we have no hard evidence.
4: Well, it's not just that. You don't have a lot of depth. In other words, we don't know what goes on when ghosts aren't being seen.
0: Right.
4: Um, But with the abduction phenomenon, we have an enormous amount of depth. The depth is breathtaking. It's extraordinary how much we've learned about this subject in a relatively short amount of time. Now, having said that, I have had people who are abductees who have seen ghosts. I have looked at a a bunch of ghost accounts. Mm -hmm. In every one of those accounts, without exception, it has not been a ghost. It's been abduction activity. But you have to be careful here. I'm dealing with abductees. Right. And abductees have all sorts of odd things happen to them that they mistake as ghosts or seeing religious figures or whatever it is. So I have not had the... Uh, experience of, of um, investigating people who are not abductees who have seen ghosts. And so that's where my expertise drops off. And uh, so so I really don't know. All I can tell you is that I have never run across an actual ghost occurrence from people who claim that they have seen ghosts and who are abductees.
0: Now, I know there's a lot of cynics out there that say that uh, people who experience ghostly phenomena in the night or – people that feel they've been abducted, this is all just sleep paralysis. Uh, Would you say there is a good percentage of people that um, do suffer from sleep paralysis and that's exactly what's going on?
4: No, I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that, yes, there are a percentage of people who suffer from sleep paralysis, and then I would end the sentences right there. Right. Um, uh, When sleep paralysis is, (laughs) it's the occurrence uh, explanation du jour if I may use two french phrases <laughs> it uh it's, it's 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 the current one there are always current explanations they come they subside they die down they 're beaten to death by people who know what they 're talking about, and then they die down. And then you wait 10 years and they come back up again because people are not aware of any of the history of the adduction phenomenon. They don't know any of the body of knowledge that goes into it. They don't know the debates. And so the, the current one, sleep paralysis, had risen its ugly head about 15 years ago. It, it, had, it had a mild rise. It came up and then died down again. Now, here's the problem with sleep paralysis. The majority Not by much, but the majority of of abduction experiences that I have investigated have taken place during the day or at night when a person is not asleep.
1: Right. Interesting.
4: That's a powerful statement.
1: Yes, it is. This is the
4: majority. It's not a minority, the majority. Now maybe people other people have found only a minority of them. The fact is, though, that we know quite a lot about sleep paralysis. We know how it works in terms of what people say and all the rest of that stuff. And I have had people who have had sleep paralysis. They know immediately this is not abduction stuff. They can separate the two quite easily. Same thing with uh, sexual abuse, which was a big one. Same thing with the false memory syndrome, which is a big one. And uh, you know, there, there have been I've counted about 33 published explanations for the abduction phenomenon. And the problem with these explanations is that they're all within they're all I guess there's some, I, I I will give them credit and say that these are sincere people trying to get at what they think is the reality of the abduction phenomenon, which is that it is not real. But they all make the same mistake as do all debunkers, and I don't think there are are any exceptions in this, and I hate to use the word all, but I will in this particular case. And that is they all do one or more of three things. They do not know the evidence, they ignore the evidence, or they distort the evidence. Right. All of these explanations have that in common, and all debunkers have that in common uh obviously if it was simple and it was so simple as saying oh well it's just sleep paralysis we wouldn't be talking It right. wouldn't be an abduction phenomenon it would be case closed case solved goodbye and good night it's not that it's far more complex than that and in order to say sleep paralysis you simply have to ignore all the contraindicating evidence and uh, and pretend it doesn't exist to me that's scientific dishonesty I don't yeah. like that uh, that's that's being scientifically dishonest or it's just being stupid one of the two uh, there's not much in the middle for me when it comes to that stuff I have a very short fuse when it comes to those kinds of, of, of for those people who try to solve the abduction phenomenon and don't know what they're talking about right. they, don't, they don't know anything about abductions
0: Right. In our field, uh, we've come across people that just want to have their 15 minutes of fame. Um, they want to have the next Amityville house. Uh, and we've also run across people that are well-meaning, um, but we can't find any evidence to support their claims. Um, uh, what percentage of people would you say that come to you, you really can't um, validate or justify what they're saying? Right.
4: Well, you know, uh, I, I think you're asking a couple of questions here as well. First of all, the, uh, the first question is how many how many people try to make a buck off the deal? Uh, how many people try to get famous, et cetera, et cetera? Actually, there have been a couple. I mean, in the last, um, you know, 40 years, there there have been. I can think of one major writer who tried to do that and, and succeeded to a certain extent. Um, but for the most part, I would say 99.999% of the people who were involved with this. Don't want their names used. They don't want to be on television. They don't want to be interviewed. They don't want their families to be known to know about it. They don't. They don't want their workplace people to know about it. They they swear me to secrecy on and on and on and on and on. The problem with going forward with abductions is that it's outside of the paradigm. With ghosts, you're dealing with an inside-of-the-paradigm phenomenon. It's off to the fringe. There's no doubt about that. But life after death is an accepted aspect of Western society, especially – it is especially strong, especially strong in the United States. And uh, – so therefore, reincarnation and uh, 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 spiritual stuff and, and, and soul surviving, uh, all sorts of things that have to do with life after death are accepted by by millions of people in the United States. So when you come forward and say you, you're beset by ghosts, That, it's fringy, but it's still within a paradigm of thought that makes it somewhat acceptable because there's a certain religious aspect to it as well. Right. Yes. Now, with abductions, it's all downside, there's no upside, period. You come and you say you've been abducted by little green men from another planet, you are nuts. And if you're not nuts, there's something wrong with you anyway uh, this can't be possible your 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 quality of mind is called into question your judgment is called into question your ability to to perceive reality is called into question uh, it, 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 there's no upside to it at all for most people now if you try to if you you know try to to to, to make some money off the deal or whatever now for the people I have worked with, I've never had anybody. Go forward from me into trying to to make a a career of it or or or, or something like that. Uh, that has not happened in in the 23 years that I've been doing this. Um, then again, I also screen people. I don't want people who are, I don't want to work with people who are not abductees. Right. Uh, to tell you the truth, I want to work with people who are abductees. So people who who fill out my questionnaire and who talk with me and and, and who I who. Um, you know, eventually, you know, uh, get through to me. And w- once I talk with them, and once I look at their, their lives and their, and what's happened to them, I'll judge. Well, this person doesn't seem like an abductee to me, and, and therefore, I, I don't think I'm the person that they should be talking to. You know, so um, every once in a while, I, you know, I will talk with someone who is not an abductee. It's clear. Um, it's relatively clear, and and I, and I know the difference. And and then there are people who have psychological problems who I don't want to work with either because they're beyond my expertise. And every once in a while, somebody will slip through my safety net and will have serious problems. They're all abductees that I've worked with, but their problems are severe enough that I can't work with them much, and they, you know, and they, I, I recommend seeing somebody else and all that. But making a fortune uh, and and going national. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. How come that's not happening?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I just wanted to see if there were any similarities between the two fields. That's why I asked that.
4: Well, you're always going to have some similarities in in sort of these borderland areas, you know.
1: Right. Um, Dr. Jacobs, for the people who are listening, the ghost hunters and paranormal investigators that aren't that um, well-educated in ufology and abductions, and you've been studying this for so long— can you give us a brief um, synopsis of an abduction case, or, or what you think is going on?
4: Right. Well, the um, there's an evolution to this. Now you got to remember, you're talking to a professor, so you got to wrestle me to the ground <laughs> to get me to stop talking. <laughs> but there is a, there is a progression. When we first began to hear about the phenomenon uh, through the Barney Betty Hill case or the Antonio V S. Boas case in Brazil in 1957 um uh we we thought that this was you know people might be being abducted by a, by aliens uh sort of on an experimental basis that is to say uh well, that those uh, those people who um who even thought at all about this and didn't think it was just crazy their sense was that this is an experiment. This is a study. Uh, there are beings in these in these UFOs, uh, and you got to remember. In these days, we didn't we didn't say aliens. That was out of the question. People said occupants. These the neutral term occupants. And even then, uh, UFO researchers didn't like to use that term. They didn't want to talk about who was inside uh, the uh, the object. All they want to talk about was the object's behavior, because talking about people inside made them seem crazy. So they only talked about occupant. Behavior. I mean, uh, UFO behavior. But when they did confront the abduction phenomenon, they guessed it was probably a study, you know, probably some sort of learning situation. They were, they, they, you know, you you pick up some unfortunate person who's in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, you pull their legs off. You see what's inside of them. And, and, and then that's the end of it. And, and you see what makes them tick that was the experimental model and that was used by UFO research by abduction researchers for years and years and years and years Uh, and that is the model that when I finally got involved with abduction research it's the model that I used I, I operated under that as well that turned out not to be true the evidence for that just would not hold as much as we were invested in that the evidence would not hold and my own research and the research of Bud Hopkins and others began to find that this was far more than just a study. And, uh, this was in fact a program. And as a program, it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it was goal-directed. In a typical abduction event, uh, and i 'm going to sanitize things here and make them simple because it's a complex business, but right. a typical abduction event is a person who 's taken out of <clears throat> excuse me his or her normal environment, which might be a car, it might be a backyard, it might be when they 're uh, uh, in bed at night, it might be when they 're asleep at night, it might be when they watch television doesn 't matter. They're taken. It, it does matter because, uh, actually, because um, they're not taken out of their workplace or out of the stands of the Super Bowl or something like that. But they're taken and they're um, taken out of their room or car. Now comes the strange stuff. Right off the bat, sometimes straight through the wall. Most of the time, straight through the window, the closed window. Sometimes right through the roof uh, into an object the ufo uh, they um are uh, their clothes are removed they are given a series of procedures uh they are physical procedures mental procedures and reproductive procedures the reproductive aspect of it was was found from the earliest uh, earliest cases on that we we knew about and i don't mean sexual but i mean reproductive right and uh They're then subjected to a a series of other events that happen to them, which include holding bizarre-looking babies, for example, who look sort of like half-human, half-alien. They might have other programs where other situations where they have to operate some bizarre form of machinery, uh, electronic, that is. Um, They're then taken back, uh, um, their clothes are put back on, they're taken back to their their normal environment, and there they are sitting on the couch again. All they know is they were sitting there waiting for their favorite show to come on, and then they realize their show had already been on two hours before, and they're still sitting there waiting for their favorite show to come on. And they can't understand how it is that they don't remember a single thing that happened to them in the last two or three hours, yet there they are sitting on the couch waiting for their show to come on. That's an actual event. And this is typical of of what happens. So they forget or are made to forget um, in some way what has happened to them, which means that this is a program that is being, that is uh, 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 clandestine, that is covered in secrecy. And the secrecy part of this program is extremely successful. But everybody knows, not everybody, so I'm sorry about that, but people who are aware of these things understand something strange just happened. I don't know what it is. Are they going to connect it to UFOs and abductions? Probably not. But they know something odd has happened. They may indeed connect it to ghosts. They might remember seeing somebody in the room. might have been a ghost. I had one woman call me up once, and she told me that um, her house is haunted. And then she began to describe all these other sort of abduction-related stuff that happened there, all these other missing times, things, this and that. But she said the thing was that her house was haunted, and she's moved out of her house to another house, and that house was haunted too. And then so she moved to another house, and that house was haunted. And she, she was seriously telling me that every house she's, she's lived in has been haunted. And that's abduction stuff. That's, that's, that's just abduction stuff. Um, so that's typical now. After that, there's a lot of complex things that happen. That, and once again, the depth of knowledge we have this subject is, is really quite astonishing. Right. And, and it's, a, it's a very complex business. But it is not so complex that everybody is saying something different. They're all saying the same things, even with those complexities. They're all describing the same instruments. We know what instruments are going to be used for what, they, whether they do or they don't. We know that if A, B, and C happens, D's coming. And uh, they're not going to like D. And we, in other words, we have a a, a tremendous amount of knowledge that we could not possibly have if this were sleep paralysis, you see. That knowledge wouldn't be there. With sleep paralysis or false memory syndrome or being locked in the closet for the first nine years of your life, or whatever it is, whatever psychological origination might cause this, it would be idiosyncratic. That is to say, every story would be based on a person's life and upbringing, where they lived, uh, you know, the economic and uh, uh, um, uh, educational level, and on and on and on. We see no difference in anybody at all who has these experiences, whether people who dropped out of school in the ninth grade or people who have MDs and PhDs and I've worked with everybody, including those people uh, and everybody in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all say the same thing. They all have the same experiences. It is, there's never been anything quite like this that we have ever known about in history as far as I can tell.
2: Well, Doctor, has anyone ever witnessed an abduction and not been abducted at the same time and just seen someone disappear from their home?
4: Yes, that has happened. <laughs> My colleague Bud Hopkins wrote a book uh, called Witnessed. Uh, the, uh, this is basically a woman who was taken out of her, uh, through through her window with a couple of aliens. And uh, oddly, and this is in Manhattan, uh, right near the Brooklyn Bridge, um, oddly, uh people on the bridge saw the event their cars stopped. this is typical of UFO phenomena uh, their car the engines die cars uh, uh, stop and they looked up and they could see this brightly lit up object uh, hovering over uh, this area whereas a woman comes came flying out of a window with a with these uh, three I guess three aliens and into the object uh, Hopkins got a hold of one woman, um, who who was a witness, who who told him she could hear people in the car behind her yelling and screaming as as they saw this. Her sense of it was, well, this was a Hollywood movie being made. You see, this is, well, she couldn't. There was no way she could put what she was seeing in, in, into her mind as a, as a normal, uh, in any kind of normal manner, other than saying it was a Hollywood movie. Well, of course, obviously, it was a Hollywood movie. Hopkins was able to gather something like 27 different witnesses to various aspects of this event before and after, and. um uh and as far as we know, none of these people, well, well most of them were not abducted. I'm, I don't want to give away the all the events that happened in this book. But um, uh, and what happens is that that uh, this will happen sometimes with families where a, uh, a mother will see uh, her children being abducted and will not be abducted that night right. herself.
1: Or like in the movie Fire in the Sky, I believe the, um, the guy's friend saw him being abducted. Yes, the uh, Travis Walton. I,
4: I don't think. Oh, well, they they didn't actually. Nobody saw the actual abduction. What they saw was, in that case, was um, uh, they saw him being knocked over by a beam of light that came out of of a, of a UFO. They were in a, a pickup truck. They uh, um, this was actually for people who don't know the story. This was a a crew of people who were thinning out a forest on government contract in Arizona. Uh, time was up to stop work. They all piled into the pickup truck. They saw a UFO hovering. Um, uh, they stopped the truck in amazement. Travis Alden got out of the truck to get a closer look. They watched as a beam of light came out of the object. He fell over as if dead. Mm-hmm. And they panicked and just took off they, 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 they pump they punched that uh, truck down the and and, and and ran from the area in the truck basically they 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 charged out of there then about twenty minutes later, they thought well maybe maybe the poor guy 's dead, maybe he 's hurt. We should go back up there and see what 's going on so they did and Travis was not there, and they searched all over the place and Travis was missing for about five days and then he turned up. He only remembered 20 minutes of what had happened, if that, and he did not undergo hypnosis, so to this day, we do not know what happened to him during those five days. Uh, What he did remember may or may not have been true because we know that conscious memories are notoriously inaccurate, uh, although everybody thinks that if you remember something consciously, it's automatically more accurate than hypnosis. That is not the case if hypnosis is done properly. Uh, but um, but I, I examined, for example, uh, a four and a half day abduction, and I had I have 24 hours of testimony about that. That is to say, we did eight uh, three hour sessions on what happened to this woman over the course of four and a half days, and that's that's the proper way to investigate something. I like that. right.
2: So Dr. Jacobs, uh,
4: why are they breeding with humans? Well, what you have here is, is from the very beginning, from the from the Antonio case, which nobody knew about because <laughs> it was so embarrassing to UFO researchers when they got it, that it was not published until 1966. But uh, from the from the Antonio Boas case in '57 to the uh, Barney Betty Hill case in 1961 to virtually all other cases. What you have here is a, is this reproductive content. In other words, people say that uh, eggs are taken from them, uh, sperm is taken from them, and uh, women report that, that embryos are inserted into them, that fetuses are withdrawn from them, and then both men and women say that they have to have an interaction with bizarre-looking babies. We see the babies as uh, toddlers. We see them as young children. People report them as uh, older children, as adolescents, as young adults, as adults, but not as older adults for reasons that we do not understand. They don't necessarily. Once you get into the adulthood, into, let's say, the uh, age 40s, we don't see them much afterwards. We don't know why. But um, uh, so what we see here is this. Building of creating, shall we say, hybrids, as as my colleague Bud Hopkins said. Uh, he called them hybrids, and that word has stuck. We've tried to use other phrases, you know, to fit in, but um, hybrids is it, right. and the question is, what the hell's going on? That's the question. Right.
0: Why that, is this? that was going to be my question here, because uh, I'm not well versed in the subject, but I, I'm very fascinated by the whole thing. Uh, w- why do you believe aliens would come here to create hybrids, uh, perhaps to save their own species? Is there any speculation on this?
4: There is speculation, but knowledge of this is not ours now i can tell you what we do know first of all i'm going to tell i'm going to give it to you in the negative if this were psychological and you have to understand that the abduction phenomenon is either psychological or it's happening there's no in the middle It, it if it's psychological um we would know all sorts of things that we don't know in other words we would know what their names are if they have names Right. And, uh, people would just, because in the movies, you know, people, uh, the, the alien comes out of the flying saucer, he says, my name is Thor, I come from the planet Vortec, we come in peace, in peace, and and, and, and the, we only come for one reason, for you to stop atomic testing and to kill commies.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like the day the earth stood still.
4: <laughs> right. And that's, you know, from the 1950s, but then actually that, that style of knowing who they are and what they're here for and all the rest of that stuff, and sometimes even where they're from, all that is in popular culture. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're from, and we don't exactly know the reasons why we're here and I'm, why they're here. And I'm using these words extremely carefully uh, because we know a lot about why they're here, but we don't exactly know why they're here. <laughs> um, but um, uh, we, we've we, we should know these things if it were psycho, if, it, if this were a psychological phenomenon, now, having said that, what people tell us is that you have to understand that all communication is telepathic once again, if this were psychological, I could not say that. If this were psychological, people would say be saying, "What do you mean telepathic they 're just talking to me through their mouths i 'm hearing through my ears but They speak with weird accents, you know." That's what we would be hearing perhaps the majority of times. But, in fact, that is not what we hear and never did, not really. It's always telepathic. Um, So they'll be, in one of the procedures that happens to them, from time to time they'll be taken into a room, and there will be a screen-like device. And their attention is directed to look at this, quote, screen. It's an area of the wall, let's just say. And then there'll be now here's an actual case. There'll be a scene of a picnic. And this is a normal picnic. This is there's people playing ball, there's a grill, there's people talking, you know, wearing shorts, whatever it is, just a normal picnic. And in their minds ear, they'll hear, can you tell the difference between us, meaning hybrids, and you meaning humans? And the person will look up at the at the image of the, it's a moving picture of the images of what they're saying and, and they'll be confused at the question what do you mean tell the difference everybody looks to say everybody's the same i don't know there is no difference what, what kind of difference you know and then i'll hear see isn't that wonderful isn't that great soon we will all be together soon everyone will be happy soon everyone will know his place soon it's going to be wonderful now when you hear that once You laugh it off. Well, people are strange. People are funny. You know, that's just the way it is in abduction research. You hear it twice. It becomes interesting. You put it on the back burner waiting for more. You hear it ten times by people who have never – who this has never been in the media at one time. Now it is a little bit, uh, and but before it never was. And nobody ever knew anybody else was saying that. And you begin to think you're on to something. You see what I mean? Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I began to hear this over and over again and in different ways with, in, without the screens, but people just saying, well, soon we'll all be together. You know, it's going to happen. And not only that, but the hybrids, the hybrids we noticed – weren't just combination alien and human. <clears throat> That's what we thought they were originally, but the more I looked into this and the more I began to focus on hybridization techniques and hybridization and the hybridization world, what you get is, over the generations, an increasing number of hybrids who look really quite human, really quite human. And eventually you get human, uh, you get hybrids that look just plain human but with a, a, a different neurological structure actually in their brains but um, and you get the sense that ultimately that and this is an inescapable you know I, I hate to even say this because it makes me sound crazier than I actually am and um, but as an op- academic I have to go with the evidence and the evidence leads in one direction and one direction only it leads in the direction of They're going to carry out what they're saying. They've been telling people for years and years now, soon we will all be together. Soon everybody will be happy. Soon we will be here. And I think that this is, in fact, an integration program into the society, but we don't know why which is why I had to choose my words carefully in the beginning. Right. We don't know why. We don't get it. So we don't know whether this means aliens and hybrids, we don't know whether it means just hybrids, we don't know what the deal is. We, we 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 don't get it. Whatever it is, I don't like it.
1: Oh, so so you have a negative feeling about the whole thing. I mean, just in in theory, I know you can't say exactly what, you know, is going on, but what do you feel?
4: Well, I don't really have a negative feeling. I have a feeling of catastrophe <laughs> I think this is a catastrophic situation like a
1: 2012 think,
4: thing no I don't think I need to do 2012 okay <laughs> uh, but but this is this is a, a this isn't going I mean I, I started understanding this back in the late 90s and um, and this is not just not something that I like at all and and now I hear more and more of this all the time, and um, and, and I, I want to write a book about it. I can't get it published. <laughs> yeah. But um, the fact is, though, that that in a sense that's good because uh, there's not a whole – people have not heard the latest stuff, and they're saying it to me over and over again. In other words, we're looking at change over time, and we're looking at a sort of a, a rush atmosphere within the last six years uh, where this is suddenly accelerated and, um, and people are, are describing all sorts of interesting and wonderful things that are happening with our friends from wherever they're from. But whatever it is, the problem is this. This is, the, this is, the, this is what depresses me. When a person is abducted, what the person wants to do – Not well, let me just go backtrack a little bit. A person is abducted throughout the course of his or her life from, the, from infancy into old age. And the reason they're abducted is because their mother or their father or both were abductees. So it's an intergenerational phenomenon. And the abductions occur over and over and over again throughout the course of one's life. So it's not something that's unusual for them. It's not. It, it may be traumatic when they remember it, but they've been through it over and over and over again. Um, now I've just lost it, my train of thought.
1: <laughs> Darn it.
4: Uh, the older I get, uh, the more trains are going through my brain. And I'm missing them. <laughs> <laughs> but so okay, so the point is that that when they're abducted, what they want to do is reach underneath the pillow, get out their Glock non, nine millimeter no gun, and blow their little heads off people coming into their room. Right. They can't do that. Even though they've got a gun under their pillow. This has happened. People have described this to me. Or they've got a knife, or would? That's, in other words, they're under control from even before the abduction event starts.
0: So it's not a very pleasant experience.
4: <laughs> well, they, it's, you, you don't want them to call 911. You don't want them to wake up their husband or their wife. It's, it's done in secrecy. Yeah. So um, that means that they're controlled, and this is a neurological aspect of it. They're controlled, so they can't do that. And they're controlled from a distance. Is the distance 9 trillion miles? Is the distance nine feet? Well, I don't know how what the distance is, but there is a distance. It's probably a matter of yards, and they can be controlled.
3: Right
4: now, that control exists all the way through from the beginning to the end. They can't run, they can't kick, they can't swing their arms, they can't, you know, uh, create a disturbance. Uh, Every once in a while that happens, but by and large, it's not going to happen. And then they forget everything happened to them immediately thereafter. So you've got a tremendous neurological engagement here with the abductee in which one person controls another is what it boils to, or two people control another or whatever. Hybrids look quite human, and they, I guess, are human. Except for one thing, they have that ability to control people. And without that ability, there would be no abduction phenomenon. Period. But with that ability, there is. And hybrids, even though they look quite human, people report to me still have that ability. That makes us a second-class species. It's not even a second-class citizen; it's a second-class species. I don't like that. I yeah. want to be first class, and I want the <laughs> aliens to be second class. <laughs> so um, that's that, that's that's what what I I I, I I I I confront this. You know, I had a session today with someone. I confront this every single day, and uh, and I just plain don't like it. And I think that's why uh, that's that's why I am I'm not very optimistic about the future of this subject. Uh, I used to think it was wonderful. I used to think it was great when I first got into it. I used to think, gosh, I'm I'm learning all these amazing things. And now I just, I I wish, what I want to do is just stay at home all day long, all night long, and watch television. That's my idea of heaven.
0: Oh, Dr. Jacobs, uh, (laughs) I hate to end this on a low note.
1: We have (laughs) have so many more questions we want to ask you, but but we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank Thank you, doctor.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.